As a station, we believe in playing content with artistic and cultural merit, and sometimes that category includes material which can be construed as offensive. For those who have children nearby or are sensitive to provocative material, the following broadcast may have strong language, themes, or be otherwise objectionable. Please consider tuning out and revisiting CITR after this program. To get more knowledge, wrap it up in toilet paper, send it down the escalator. Listening to the second broadcast of Lady Radio, 
the new radio show of CITR's Women Collective. We are broadcasting live from the unceded Coast Salish Musqueam Territory of the University of British Columbia. My name is Erica. And my name is Jules. You just heard Orange Blossom by Destiny, known in other lives as a, as a Princess Nokia. Yeah, she has a few different uh, pseudonyms there. I don't know what her other ones are, but she's making music on various names and mediums, which is pretty awesome. She just released an album called Honeysuckle, which you can listen to on SoundCloud. And uh, a lot of her music delivers some pretty positive messages and uh, feminist messages, if you are interested. Um, So today we have a lot of great stuff planned. Um, We are going to be hearing an interview conducted by fellow lady radioer Callie Hitchcock. Say hey. Do you want to say hey? If there's a mic for you, there's a mic for you. Hi, it's Callie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So she did an interview with Charlene Sayo, the creator of Vancouver-based podcast Misrepresent. So we'll be listening to that. Uh, We're also going to be chatting with Claire Bailey and Druba Alamgear if they want to say hi. Hey. Hi. (laughs) That was Claire and Druba in order. So they went to a workshop this past weekend with artist Alana Barthol about water witching, which I believe is also known as dousing, sort of a process of using a stick to find water. So we'll learn more about that later. Um, But uh, before we get into all this wonderful content here, we're going to play a song recommended by uh, Claire here. Um, It's called Hollow Sound of the Morning Chimes, and it's by Tops is a band from Montreal and they will be here uh, on November 21st actually so highly recommend checking them out and uh, yeah so enjoy.
right, hey, so just to remind you, that was Hollow Sound of the Morning Chimes by Tops. Anyways, I'm here with Callie Hitchcock, who met with Charlene Sayo to talk to her about her podcast, Misrepresent. That's Miss is in Mademoiselle. It's a pun. <laughs> so, hello, Callie. Lay it on us. Hi. So, yes, I interviewed Charlene. She's a ray of sunshine, amazing woman, uh, also known as Misrepresent. It's her website and podcast, uh, basically showcasing and trailblazing women contemporary and historical so here it is here we go i'm with the lovely charlene sayo who makes the podcast and website misrepresent so basically from what i've looked at you're highlighting and interviewing female leaders in the arts, academia, science, politics, and more. From your website, if you don't mind me reading a quote, uh, she says her mandate is to uncover women's history, understand women's culture, and create theory, uh, which is totally incredible and inspiring. And I love, what a great blurb. Uh, so you're on your second season, correct? Yeah, or? yeah, I am. Second season, I started last year um, in the winter of 2014. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So what, obviously, what inspired you to start this project? And, like, was there an impetus from a certain moment when you're like, I need to make this? Or, like, what was the inspiring moment, or if there was one? Um, there were many inspiring moments. Uh, first of all, thank you for letting me be on the show. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think it's fantastic that it's a group, um, it's a show that's being led by a bunch of young women. Yeah. I think that's fantastic, because that's definitely what I like to do. Um, what inspired me to start Misrepresent uh, was because... I did a lot of radio in yeah. the past. Um, I was involved with a feminist show, but I also wanted to start talking to women who not who didn't necessarily saw themselves as feminists, mm. but who were doing really incredible things in their fields, whether they were scientists or artists or writers or academics. Um, women who were really breaking ground and bringing a lot of notice to the field, mm -hmm. but also women who were doing... A myriad of different things. Like they were either an artist and a scientist, right. um, a mother and a writer, yeah. or, or just women who were juggling s like several different hats. Which most women are. Yeah. yeah totally. And, yeah. And I think that I was really inspired by that. But I really wanted to um, look at the women and their work and, and highlight also the kind of role models that they were, not just asking stock questions, which is usually what happens when you're doing media work. You mm -hmm. tend to just ask five questions, the basics, the who, what, where, and why. Right. And then you don't really get to the fruit of who this person is and their work. And that's what I really wanted to do with my podcast. So I figured if I did my own show, I could make it for as long as I want and I could ask whatever question I want. Okay, cool. Yeah. So how do you feel like you get to, as you say, the fruit of what people are, like what kind of different things do you look for or you're asking about? Uh, that's a great question. I, what I really look for, um, for example, if I'm going to be interviewing an artist, I just don't want to ask, so what inspired this work? Mm -hmm. And where are you going to go? And what is your, you know, what is your favorite moment so far in your career? I really wanted to read their novels, um, read their thesis, okay. watch their films, and really get into the meat of the content of their work. And I think that's really more important for me anyway. That's oh, okay. where I feel like you could have a really deep conversation and have a lot of learning lessons. Asking questions within the work, kind of outwards. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the best examples is I had interviewed Charmaine Nelson, who's an art, hist uh, an art historian here mm -hmm. in Canada, the only 
black art historian in the entire nation. Amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's the only one. And she's based in McGill. And her work is really interesting because she actually, the focus of her work is primarily looking at black history through a a black feminist lens. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was really interesting to be looking at a history that's really not discussed on the day-to-day basis, but then also really using art history as a medium to really expose this history and using, like I said, a black feminist lens to really look in terms of the Canadian landscape and how do we view Canadians, our own history, and um, and our present and also our future as Canadians. Great. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of not the so it's more of the so what of their work and what is it influencing larger what's the larger issue at hand exactly yeah that's exactly what I wanted to do um I also for example I also interviewed uh Jennifer Gardy who's um the sometime host of the nature of things in CBC and she's extremely well known um in Canadian media but also in the scientific field um but she's also a woman that's Mm kind of like the face of Um, popular science right now and so I thought that was really interesting Um, she's also super nerdy and I thought that was was a (laughs) great way to also highlight that um, different hats or different personalities yeah Yeah. you know to be scientists you don't have to just stay in a lab and do boring research if that's what people assume what science is right but you could also be somebody who um, you know spreads the word of science and can also bring people in to understand um, what science is and how does it affect our day-to-day life and I think Jennifer Gardy is an example of that Um, and she's also um, has been exemplary in terms of trying to bring up the issues of women in science as well. Yeah that's what I was just going to say is like that's I really like that you are showcasing those kinds of people because Mm. I feel like women are sort of not they're not sort of invited as much to those kinds of math and science and that's really cool that you're able to say look at these women doing it it's really fun they're having a great time and they're amazing you know yeah um it is i mean i love science i mean i'm not a scientist but i yeah totally (laughs) but i love reading science um i think it's really really fun i wish that um i had somebody like jennifer Gardy when i was younger who could explain you know, molecules and dirt in a really fun <laughs> yeah. way. And maybe I would have been a scientist. But one of my other fun interviews that I did was uh, with uh, Crystal Dilworth, who's a scientist in the United States. But what I found really interesting about her is that she uh, looks at brains. So she's mm-hmm. a neuroscientist. Uh, but she's also a ballet dancer. Whoa! Yeah, and a awesome. violinist, and as well as a Olympic, uh, a nationally ranking Olympic gymnast. So, oh my goodness! Exactly. <laughs> and she hosts a popular um, uh, show on YouTube as well. So she's she's a myriad of different things, and I think that that's. I think that those are the kind of women I also want to showcase. Is totally. That you can, you just don't have to do one thing. You can do several things and you shouldn't limit yourself. Like people, yeah, that's totally an inspiration. And yeah. I, I know uh, one of my, I went to uh, London abroad one year and one of my professors was the most incredible woman. She obviously had her PhD. I was studying anthropology at the time. So she had done field work. She knew like eight languages. She had two kids. She was a professor. She had her medical degree as well. Wow. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I love when you meet people like that. Yeah. Because you can just say, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Exactly. You know? And I think that, you know, women still are being limited yeah. in so many ways, um, especially in their career. They can only really specialize in one thing or they're not really encouraged to do a whole bunch of different things and they, they have to be specialists in one field only and I don't really believe in that. I feel like women should really 
go out and do as many things as they can in their lifetime. And there's so many women that are doing that that aren't being highlighted or or who aren't being talked about. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want to do that. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Well, that's like really meaningful. I think that's very meaningful and rewarding is the word I was thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was also going to ask you, so what so far, has there been anything that surprised you during the making this podcast that or something you didn't expect to happen in yourself or something just in general you didn't expect about the women you're uh, looking at? I don't know. Um, a lot of things. I didn't expect that I would actually like podcasting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because when I first started, it wasn't this thing. I didn't really have a plan. I was like, yeah. oh, just maybe interview somebody. Um, I had a bunch of friends that I thought, you know, who are really cool. And I thought, I'll interview them one, you know, maybe for one episode. I didn't know if it was going to be a weekly show, a monthly. Um, and then I didn't really know what to do with it afterwards. It was like, I have an, I have an interview. And I don't <laughs> yeah. really know what I'm going to do with it. But it was fun. After my first interview, I kept going. Um, and then I didn't really know that I had the ability to learn a lot of things, like the technical things, like editing. Yeah. <laughs> it's time-consuming. And it's it's almost endless as well. Like, you can always edit more somehow. I yeah. <laughs> like, I learned a lot of skills um, in the last two years. I mean, three years ago, I had no idea how, how to edit anything, like how to yeah. cut and paste or copy. <laughs> like, nothing. I had no idea. And I had to really learn because I was doing it on my own. Right. And you have to learn quickly, too. Exactly. To get the content out. Exactly. I had to learn quickly. So I've learned a lot of skills along the way. Um, and I guess the other surprise is that um, people were listening or are listening. Oh, yeah, what a great feeling. Yeah, and people were like, I had no idea that, you know, um, these sort of women exist. I think it's just um, the learning and also um, the comments that people are sending. Um, I mean, a lot of, there's been some young men who are listening who are the fathers of young girls. Of course. And who said, like, you know, I really want my child to listen, my daughter to listen to your show because you're highlighting women that I want them to be. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, those are the surprising things. And I think just the different opportunities that have come my way as well. Um, uh, Being able to meet different women um, and, and I guess the women that I've always admired being absolutely receptive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) Interesting. And it's cool because you get to sort of cross the spans of gender in that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I never really, I mean, I didn't realize that men, I mean, the the majority of my listeners are still women. Right. um, But I realized that there were some young men out there, fathers who are listening. And I think that that gives me um, a lot of hope and inspiration. Yeah, I was just thinking hope. I was like, I feel so much hope for like humankind. Everyone should have a child or something. Well, yeah, I think that when, you know, when there's a little girl, especially, and I think that it's adults start seeing that the world is looking already at Mm -hmm. a young girl in a certain way that's really dangerous to her and to women and period so when you present role models or women who are saying you could be leaders you could be absolutely incredible you know artists you could you could work hard and this is what's going to happen and you could also really devote a lot of your time to raising the profile of women and and really raising sisterhood and your life will be fuller and your life will have meaning yeah, yeah, it's almost like you have these women that other women can look to in a – I love the word sisterhood. That was such – that's definitely uh, – it's a romantic word that I really connect to as well just because 
I think there is a larger sisterhood and not to say there isn't a larger humanity, but I think there's a special bond between, I know that me and other ladies that I've been in contact with. And that's just like a special, such a special moment that you can even have with your, um, interviewees yeah well for me it's really important because i'm i'm sure that as as a woman involved in media there's the bechtel test right Mm -hmm. yeah where i think one of the requirements is that um to i i think like if you're going to score high on this test that looks in terms of of women and media representation and cultural representation it's supposed to have you know uh, women featuring women, right. um, women with names, so yeah. they're not like with the real names, so they have an identity. Right. Talking to other women, yeah, talking to other women, and then the conversation between the women cannot can't, can't be about a man. men, yeah. <laughs> and then so I and I think that like I love that, and I yeah. think that when women talk about you know their work, their passions, why they're doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. it's so much fuller. It's humanizing. It is extremely yeah. humanizing, and then I think it also really expands the expectations that women, you know, we're not always thinking about. Especially um, if you're a straight woman, you're not always thinking about marriage and men <laughs> entirely. No, nope, no. yeah, <laughs> and and I do find that it's it's such a uh, fulfilling conversation, and you learn so much more about each other, and also totally. uh, the world of women and the culture of women as well, which is a lot more complex and I think people even realize no totally and then when you're able to listen to these interviews or see that these women exist you're able to sort of expand your own horizons in your own mind that's kind of the best part about your uh, podcast and website to me is that uh it's like wow now like once you see someone like you you can say oh I can do that or I want to meet more women like that and I'm gonna surround myself with people who are working hard and doing that and you know you're not asking these women like what their weight loss regime is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and a lot of them aren't yeah. really thinking about that. No, That's the exactly. Thing it's you know when you watch these interviews, say like at the Oscars, exactly. It's like where'd you get your nails done? Where'd you get your who? You know, what dress are you wearing? Or you know how long did it take you to prepare? It's almost like these women are. Yeah, you know these are working women. They're with artists. They're yeah, artists. they're like actresses being like they're yeah artistry. Yeah, yeah, and so and a lot of them have. Um, you know, they also have families, they have mm-hmm. bigger passions, they have things that they want to achieve, and they, they know that the clock is ticking. So, you know, I think that women want to be asked very serious questions, especially about their work. And I want to ask serious questions about their work as well. I think that that's, you could really appreciate a person if you're really involved with what they're doing, and you're you're really interested. And I'm not interested in asking questions that are, you know, the usual stock questions. I really want to know Um you know, the impetus of their work, the thesis, what did they learn and what keeps them going? Um, And also, how did they get to this point where um, they can be brave to keep on going? And so every single woman that I've interviewed has had some sort of struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've learned so much from them as well. Wow, that's amazing. Cool. The only downside that I've learned is that it's uh, the downside of doing this is that having regular, ordinary conversations like banter seems very boring to me now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've surrounded myself weekly yeah. with women who are incredibly intelligent, and you know they they teach me so much about the world and 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 you know their life and what they're doing that it's it's challenging for me to just yeah. have like 
a chit chat yeah chat your friends aren't solving cancer and yeah <laughs> and it's trailblazing something. yeah <laughs> it's it's that's the only challenging thing it's it yeah. makes me a little bit impatient right. <laughs> so no. i should be more patient no. but it's, it's i know what you mean yeah. though there's once you start having really good conversations with someone it's it's uh it's addictive yeah i think because all of a sudden you you want to be searching you want to be exploring stuff constantly yeah i think even just coming to university as well i've definitely felt like that where i'm like let's explore <laughs> this idea what about this um you know yeah it's really interesting definitely and that's i think i mean it's an upside it's also a downside as yeah. well and i think that i also see more of the challenges as also how to raise i guess like um the conversation also among women that isn't just about uh, clothes and, right. Dating, and relationships. Yeah. yeah, and that I, I hope that women can also, you know, incur, like that women can really go beyond that, even on right. a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. That they can also start to think and reflect of their own life because I think that there are times that women r- still really do buy into the fact that this is all that they can do mm-hmm. when there's such a world out there to conquer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... It, I've noticed as I've gotten older, those kind of conversations have diminished within my friend group. And not to say like, and obviously having relationships isn't, uh, you know, wrong or bad or any way or like, you know, everyone wants intimacy and uh, companionship. But I think I've just noticed that we all just have a lot of different stuff going on and we're starting to really lock and load in terms of, okay, I need to figure out who I am, what I want to do, what's going to get me excited and usually boys are like the last part of the conversation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh, are you seeing that person? Yeah, we're seeing. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's usually it. And I think that that's really what, you know, my guests are. I mean, many of them are married. Many of them have kids. Yeah, totally. And, but I mean, central to their life is really what they love. And they have mm-hmm. many loves and passions. And a lot of it is either their art, their politics, or feminism, their writing careers, or music, their dancing. So, yeah. Right. It's about somewhere finding something that's going to be fulfilling outside of um, human connections, necessarily. Exactly. Or it's even just like understanding um, their place in the world as well. And how do they, you know, what kind of legacy are they going to leave behind? Which I think that that's also really the terrain I'd like to explore as well, is looking at women's culture and what do you leave behind and and uh, what kind of um, world do we want to see where women are playing a, a huge active role in it that's amazing
2015 this Saturday November 7th come on down to the rickshaw theater for the greatest night of punk rock Vancouver has seen in years Canadian punk rock legends DOA and Gob join forces for the first time ever your world will be changed and your sorry complacent will be kicked they will also be joined by the Boyds from Montreal and the sensational wet stilettos Join the fun before DOA takes a hiatus as Joe Keithley works on becoming BC's next premier. Visit www.ticketfly.com for tickets. Timber Concerts presents, from Montreal, pop band Tops, on tour to support their latest release, Picture You Staring. They return to Vancouver Saturday, November 21st at the Biltmore Cabaret with special guests White Poppy. For more information and to get tickets, go to TimberConcerts.com. Alright, so we're back on Lady Radio and the song you heard before the ad break was Swabiletza by Family Band. Woo. All right. So that's uh, now we're going to turn it over to Claire and Druba, who have some information for us about their water witching experience. Um, take it away, ladies. Hey, everyone. Claire here. So on October 31st, in true Halloween spirit, Druba and I attended a water witching workshop at Access Gallery. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about Access, it's an artist run center that focuses on supporting emergent and experimental art practices. So that includes the work of Alana Bartol, who ran the workshop. Uh, she's an interdisciplinary artist from Calgary, or based in Calgary now, but originally from Windsor, Ontario. And after discovering that the women in her family have been known for their ability to water witch, she started using dowsing in her art practice. 
But before we dig too far into her artwork, let's talk about what water witching is. Druba? Um, so water witching, also known as dowsing or divining, um, is a practice used to find underground water. While the practice is most well known for telling people where to dig a well, um, it can really be used to find anything. People have used it to find um, anything from gold coins to even fugitives. Yeah, so dowsing works by using some kind of tool and asking it yes or no questions. Uh, we tried a few tools at the workshop. I used L rods, which is basically a stick in the shape of an L. Ours were made out of a coat hanger that had been cut and shaped into an L. And you hold one in each hand, and when they cross, it means yes. And when they go away from each other, it means no. So basically, if you were walking through a field, you would ask, is there water here? And if there is water, they would cross and say yes. And that's where you would dig your well, if that's what you were looking for. Um, so I used a Y rod, which is like a Y-shaped branch um, that bends towards like bends downwards for a yes and upwards for a no, or like just stays the same. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we even tried pendulums as well, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. But one of the attendees at the workshop mentioned how his father would douse even by dragging a chain on the ground. And when it seemed heavier, that's where the water would be. So really, it's all about creativity and using the tools you have at hand and believing that you have the ability to douse. Um, so there's like lots of speculation about whether dowsing actually works and how people can douse. Um, there's no scientific evidence backing it, but many people still practice and hire dowsers to find water on their property. Um, she told us about like a French mining engineer, Baroness de Boussole, um, was like born around the 16th century. Uh, she did a lot of extensive research on mining and like dowsing throughout Europe, um, especially France, Spain, and Hungary, I, be I believe. Um, but unfortunately, she and her husband were later um, imprisoned for witchcraft. Yeah, so something else we learned in seeing Bartol's summary of the history of water witching is that most dowsers depicted in drawings that show sort of the practice of dowsing are actually male, which seems really contra contrary to the word water witching. Um, so it really brings up sort of the question of how history is recorded and whether it's accurate. So who is really doing the water witching? Yeah, so after, now that we've gone through sort of what water witching is, how does it relate to artistic practice? Alana Bartol talked about how dowsing is about slowing down and attuning yourself to your surroundings in a different way. Um, uh, one story she mentioned is how, while she was doing work at the Banff Center, she was trying out dowsing and she actually found a water line. Um, she ran into some sort of marker and her dowsing tool said yes, and later on she found that was a marker for a water line. So although she never dug a well where she found water, um, that was interesting to see it, it did work for her. 
Um, yeah, so she also talked about how it allowed her to, like, how dowsing allowed her to get closer to some family members. Um, they were often reluctant to talk about dowsing, but more willing when she talked about it as art. Um, after learning about water witching in general and how it relates to Bartle's art practice, we got to try it out, which was pretty fun. Yeah, so before the event, I was pretty skeptical about whether dowsing actually worked. I really thought of it as something that maybe people used to do but really don't do anymore. But when I told my roommate I was going to a water witching workshop, he told me how his parents, who he describes to be very scientifically thinking, people grounded in the physical world, actually hired a dowser to find a well where they should dig their well on their property. And they dug their well, and it worked. So that encouraged me. Um, what did you think, Druba? Um, well, I've never heard like the word dowsing before, so I didn't know what to expect going into the um, workshop. I didn't even know that there was like a way for people to find water underground like without digging. But... Um, it was really interesting, and, like, she was really, like, um, she explained everything pretty well, and she was very interactive and fun. We actually got to, like, um, go try to douse ourselves. Um, we went from, like, we walked from Max's Gallery through Chinatown um, to Portside Park, dowsing along the way, and once we got there, we all split up following our own dowsing routes. Do you want to talk about that more? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we we all used our rods in this park. It happened to be raining, and we were on the beach by the ocean, so it was a little funny um, to be looking for water while there was water all over the place. Um, a lot of people walked by. We got f many funny looks. Um, lots of people making jokes, like, the water is over there, and pointing to the ocean. Um, so we did find water in that sense. Um, otherwise, um, we found a rainbow. That was oh, nice. yeah, that was, I guess that's what we <laughs> um, Yeah, I found a cool-looking rock. <laughs> um, but before we actually went out dowsing, we got to use a dowsing chart, which is a chart where you can ask any question and you write down possible answers in the spaces of the chart. Um, so my question was, what should I do with my future? Um, it's a very pressing question, obviously. Um, I had quite a few options, but the first one was to continue on the current path, and I got a definitive no from my, my dowsing tool, so it's time to switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all about our experience with dowsing. It's really fun. Thank you so much to Access for hosting it and, and to Alana Bartol for guiding the workshop. It's lots of fun. And back to you, Jules. Yes, Claire and Druba, thank you so much uh, for, uh, for what it's worth. I took a peek at uh, Claire's dowsing chart before we came in and sort of all the things that, uh, that, were, that she'd written yes to, I just sort of it was funny. I, I sort of looked at them and I was like intuitively like, of course, this is a great idea. Like, this is a, totally the way you should be. Uh, it was just interesting. I mean, there was some stuff like, should I continue on or should I? Uh... Here, let me take another peek at it. 
That's pretty interesting. The part that says, no, don't move to Edmonton. Should I go into curatorial studies? Should I move to Edmonton? And it's like, no, don't move to Edmonton. Like, yeah, go into curatorial studies. That's awesome. And I figured that these were just things that she had sort of like written yes to as a sort of like, this is what I think I should do. But that was actually what the dowsing rod sort of picked out. So it's interesting how that works out. Um, Yeah, I guess another thing I was curious about uh, for your thing was just sort of why the artist uh, teacher, uh, why the artist family would have been sort of loath to talk about which uh, dosing outside the um, outside the context of the artistic practice. Do you um, know, I think that um, it was because they didn't really believe it anymore. Like women in her family in the past had been known for water witching, but mm-hmm. it wasn't really practiced recently like she told us a story about her aunt who had done it one time when she was 13 okay but I guess it's not practiced so much in her family anymore but she did say she she asked a lot of her family members about it and when she told them it was for her art practice they were a lot more willing to talk about it and be open to the possibility that it works okay that's very interesting anyways Anyways, so it looks like that's all the time that we have to today. Uh, thank you so much, Druba and Claire, again. Callie, everyone in the Women's Collective who helped put together uh, today's show, including Charlene Sayo. And Elizabeth Holiday, who is our collective coordinator who is currently in Montreal. We actually are not done yet. Oh, We're not done yet. Oh, no, man, we have we, time. it's 646. We have so much time. We have 15 <laughs> minutes. Um, I had a question about this uh, dowsing. However, I forgot it. So... We will play some music to carry us along, and then we'll come and say our goodbyes. Um, This next song uh, is by Petra Glint. Uh, Jules suggested it to us, Um, and it's called, the song is called Sour Paradise, and uh, I don't know much about this musician, um, but uh, Jules, do you have any? Uh, All I know is that she's Toronto-based. She, in fact, is a uh, recommendation to me. I was, uh, I just mentioned that I was looking for to, you know, increase my sort of FemCon, CanCon knowledge mm-hmm. to a friend of mine and uh, who is also a musician. And so she, he mentioned uh, Petra Glint. Actually, I was creeping her, um, <laughs> I was creeping her other, her Tumblr and her other artwork pretty hardcore. So I think her name outside Petra Glint is Alexandra McKenzie, if I'm not mistaken. And she actually has a very interesting store of, uh, arts not only is she um sort of like semi-colorful and psychedelic drawings as well as some uh, more monochromatic collage pieces that i found just super cool um that's awesome so yeah multimedia artist let's check her out all right this is Sa- sour paradise
Tune in every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for Cue It Up with your host, Jonathan Kuhn, for abrasive fight or flight music played at hot loud volumes, uncooperative songs for things that are not on punk, noise rock, post-punk, experimental, industrial, and noise. calendars discorder magazine's fall fundraiser is around the corner wander out of your multi-week post halloween stupor and directly into the astoria this november 19th for live performances by revered tv ugly mesa luna and late spring dj danny vancouver will have all night sets in between the bands with doors opening at eight tickets are only five dollars at the door before 10 p.m and ten dollars after Proceeds go towards supporting Vancouver's longest-running independent music magazine. Discorder needs your help to stay in print, so come on up for a night of sweet tunes and keep alt coverage of Vancouver and Canadian music, arts, and culture alive. Visit www.discorder.ca for all the details.
Thank you so much for tuning in to Lady Radio's second episode. <clears throat> that song you just heard is called Mother Mary by Nancy Pants, a Montreal-based band um, off of their little double, I don't even know what this is called, double single album, Mother Mary slash P.S. And before that, we listened to Petra Glint, uh, her song called Sour Paradise. Both are Canadian musicians and uh, are FemCon musicians. And throughout the show, we played entirely FemCon. Uh, Just a reminder, that is when two of four categories are fulfilled. So the music is produced by a female, uh, female, uh, self-identified female uh, performs in the band, self-identified female composed the music, or a self-identified female wrote the lyrics. So um, alongside our uh, content, we tried to match our music with our content, because why the heck not? So <clears throat> don't, uh, don't turn off your dial or close your internet, uh, what is it called, tab? Um, you can s- listen to CITR for the rest of the evening and catch African Rhythms at 7.30, Scalds Hall at 9 p.m., Canada Post Rock at 10 and The Medicine Show at 11 p.m. So if you feel like having some backing music to your party or whatever you're doing on this Friday night or just chilling or whatever, um, you should just have CITR rolling because why not? There's just so many good things to come. So thanks again for listening and uh, thanks to Claire and Druba for their water witching and dousing uh, information and experience and also Callie to her interview with Charlene Sayo from Misrepresent. Um, If you'd like to listen more, you can find us on CITR.ca and find our podcast and we'll be back next Friday at 6 p.m. Bye! This is Jesse Laborde and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Tune in to African Rhythms every Friday from 7.30 to 9 o'clock with your host, David Love Jones, as he plays a heavyweight selection of classics from the past, present, and future. This includes jazz, soul, hip-hop, Afro-Latin, funk, and eclectic Brazilian rhythms. Lots of people, they take it like a game.
Canada speaking from Ottawa. There is no home in Canada, no family, and no individual whose fortunes and freedom are not bound up in the present struggle. This Remembrance Day, CITR presents At Home and Overseas. More than two dozen Vancouver actors recreate the personal stories of those who experienced firsthand what life was like in Canada during the Second World War. Wednesday, November 11th, from 6.30 to 8 a.m. on CITR 101.9 FM. Or look for the podcast at citr.ca. You're gonna hang out the washing on the Siegfried line. Have you any dirty washing, mother dear? We're gonna hang out the washing on the Siegfried line. Cause the washing day is here. Whether the weather may be wet or fine, we'll just rub along. There's plenty of high-profile sports games this weekend on CITR 101.9 FM. Both basketball teams face off against the University of Alberta Golden Bears in the War Memorial Gym on Friday, November 6th with the women's at 6 p.m. and the men's at 8 p.m. 
The Thunderbird football team will play in the Canada West semifinals against the University of Manitoba Bisons at the Thunderbird Stadium, 12 noon on Saturday, November 7th. And then after, the volleyball teams will go head-to-head -head against the Calgary Dinos at the historic War Memorial Gym, the women's at 1 p.m. and the men's at 2.30 p.m. Catch all of the action on CITR 101.9 FM. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the top floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. When Shanna Larson was a little girl, she already had artistic talent. And it was clear that she would be quite an athlete. But Shan always knew what she wanted to do with her life. She wanted to teach. Shan was only 24 years old when she lost her life to breast cancer. And now it's her spirit that will teach us. Teach us to know our breasts. For more information, visit teamshan.ca. Breast cancer, not just a disease of older women. Why so sad? Oh, nothing really. <laughs> not very convincing, Jane girl. Whatever it is, I've got just the cure for it. One, two, three, four. Did you know CITR has a women's collective? This brand new collective is all about providing and fostering a community for women who are or who want to be in radio, fighting the gender disparity in media, and centering women's voices and issues. If you are a female-identified person or ally who's already involved in radio or wants somewhere to start, this collective is for you. Email womenscollective at citr.ca for more information and to get involved. And tune in Friday at 6 p.m. for the collective show, Lady Radio, featuring music, interviews, events, news, commentary. Basically anything we care to talk about. See you then. Well, how do you like it? There's only one word for it. Terrific. <laughs> you know, I'm so proud of it. It's almost indecent of Concerts presents, from Montreal, pop band Tops, on tour to support their latest release, Picture You Staring. They return to Vancouver Saturday, November 21st at the Biltmore Cabaret with special guests White Poppy. For more information and to get tickets, go to TimberConcerts.com. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional 
unceded Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Shindig, CITR's annual band competition, is in its 30th year of promoting new local bands and providing great prizes. Shindig happens every Tuesday at Pat's Pub and Brewhouse at 403 East Hastings. So come check out the talent while they compete to win studio time, features in Discord or Magazine, buttons, merch, and more. Enjoy locally made beer, pool, and CITR DJs spinning after the bands. Shindig Night 4 is happening this Tuesday, November 10th, featuring Critics, Hill Beast, and Winona Forever. Cover is $6 at the door, and the show is 19 plus. Check out CITR on Facebook or on Twitter at CITR Shindig for all the details. But what if I'm right? The debut album by Revered releases on November 4th, along with the spectacle of a show at the Fox Cabaret. Come celebrate composer and frontman Emmett Hall's musical indulgence into a pseudo-new-wave prog rock catharsis of ego, an effigy to be truly revered. Doors at 7.30, tickets are $5. Visit revered.bandcamp.com for more. Every day I know everything will go the length I'm willing to admit. Over 700 youth sleep on Vancouver's streets. This is their story. Death in a Dumpster, the musical, is a true story about homelessness, written, composed, and performed by a cast of street-involved youth actors. Death in a Dumpster opens November 7th at Waterfront Theatre for three performances only. For tickets and information, go to www.deathinadumpster.ca. Death in a Dumpster is presented by Access to Music in association with Directions Youth Services. energy resources are limited. Luckily, it's easy for students like you to conserve energy. Woke up late for class? Buy some time in the morning by taking a shorter shower. Cut down by one minute every day and save enough to fund your daily caffeine fix for over a week. Plus, you save on electricity and water. Install a water-saving shower head to save even more. For more energy-saving tips, go to www.bchydro.com. This message brought to you by BC Hydro and CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Explore the arts this winter at League Square Community Arts Village. They're offering an exciting lineup of visual and performing arts programs this winter, including capoeira, Brazilian dance, and martial arts for 3 to 12-year-olds. Parent and taught jam sessions, the iGirl Empowerment and Art Workshop for ages 9 to 12, and adult classes in digital photo editing and photography, just to name a few. 
Registration is available online at experienceit.ca or call 604-927-7529 for a full listing of arts and culture programs in Port Coquitlam. For more information on Lee Square, please visit portcoquitlam.ca slash arts or call 604-927-8400. This Quarter Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, This Quarter lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of This Quarter Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news, as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. Shindig, CITR's annual band competition, is in its 30th year of promoting new local bands and providing great prizes. Shindig happens every Tuesday at Pat's Pub and Brewhouse at 403 East Hastings. So come check out the talent while they compete to win studio time, features in Discorder magazine, buttons, merch, and more. Enjoy locally made beer, pool, and CITR DJs spinning after the bands. Shindig Night 4 is happening this Tuesday, November 10th, featuring Critics, Hill Beast, and Winona Forever. Cover is $6 at the door, and the show is 19+. plus. Check out CITR on Facebook or on Twitter at CITR Shindig for all the details. Concerts and CITR present renowned experimental musician, producer, and DJ Nightmares on Wax with special guest Hubs on Thursday, November 5th at the Alexander Gastown. Doors open at 9, show is at 10, and the show is 19+. Plus. Get your tickets today online at timberconcerts.com or at Red Cat, Zulu, or Beat Street Records. as one poor soul tries to find something good to enjoy on the radio. Let's see here. Stop. Uh... Everybody dance, dance. What, you don't like to dance? Everybody dance. Ugh. Everybody. God, this is awful. Well, I climbed up the mountain, climbed back down again for you. I climbed up the mountain again for you, and then I climbed back down, climbed up. Oh, isn't there anything, 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 anything? Listening to the radio these days can be distressing. Fortunately, here at CITR, our programmers choose the music that they play, so our charts reflect what people actually listen to. To find out what's really topping the charts, pick up a copy of Beatroot or Discorder magazine, or check us out online at citr.ca. 
Unless, of course, you'd rather keep listening to the chart-topping single, Everybody Dance. What, you don't like to dance? Everybody dance. Everybody dance. Everybody dance, dance. What, you don't like to dance? <laughs> Welcome to UBC Insiders On Air for the week of November 6, 2015, the show that brings you incisive commentary, interviews, analysis, and the best-informed rumor mill around on UBC campus life and politics. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory. My name is Neil Janssen. And I'm Mayan Kreitzman. You can always check out our website, ubcinsiders.ca, for written versions of some of what we talk about on the air and an awesome archive full of eight years of breaking stories and busting balls all over the university. On today's show, we have our weekly roundup. Neil Kashmiri will be joining us for that. In the second segment, we'll have an interview with John Metris to discuss everyone's favorite aspect of UBC, construction. And we'll have some debriefing and wrapping up as per usual. To start things off, we've got Neil you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished guaranteed used bicycle or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding. Thank you. 
Defensive stop was the uh, absorbing of a charging there. Uh, Will Andrick putting his body in the way. And then we saw Connor Morgan with a great leaping defensive jump to force a hesitation on the part of Brody Clark. And uh, they came, those two 
came together on another play as Brody Clark tried to shoot a three-pointer that Morgan blocked out of bounds and ended on another collision. Two turnovers already for the uh, Alberta Golden Bears as uh, uh, UBC just uh, looks real good, calm, and collected out on the court. So we'll see what the Golden Bears can adjust out of their timeout huddle. A little bit of a change as uh, Sebastian Deneau, uh, the off-injured uh, post player, is on the court instead of Ruff's head. See, that's an adjustment for better improved defense from the Golden Bears here on this possession from UBC. Andrik, a lob pass, out, oh, dunked in by Morgan. Highlight reel. That's a fan-pleasing alley-oop dunk play. Did you see how high Connor Morgan got up on that? And a tip ball goes right into my left hand at the sideline. Great hands there by the uh, broadcast crew. So 12 seconds remain on the shot clock. Two minutes into this game, and the Golden Bears continue to be shell-shocked at the start of this contest. The inbound play into Deneau. Returns the ball to Gaye. Mamadou Gaye. Around the screen by Deneau to the left side. He loses the ball, and out of bounds. Yeah, the Thunderbirds are playing, uh, paying rather close attention to uh, the Gaye. Uh, he was uh, disrupted in his dribble, and then it went off his foot out of bounds. 9-0 run here for UBC to build on as Jensen White goes into the key. Contact between Morgan and Dixon on a screen, and that is called an illegal screen against Morgan. Connor Morgan picking up his first personal foul. Uh, really, the at the pace this game is slayed, uh, UBC is in very good shape. Uh, nobody really committing fouls on either side. Once again, the Golden Bears try to get on the scoreboard on this possession. They have to break a 9-0 scoring run here to start from the T-Birds. Brody Clark, bounce pass inside to Gaye. Guarded by Jensen White. Gaye, hard into the key kickout pass for Annette's three-pointer. Missed, but rebounded down by Deneau. Open look for three from Brody Clark. That's too hard as well off the rim. Gathered in from the rebound by Morgan. Now Jalapur starts the next T-Birds possession. Jensen White around the screen by Wagner. Kicks out to the left corner. Open look for three by Andrik. Off the back heel to him. Too hard. Offensive rebound. Down by Wagner. Now Jalapur dishes out to Morgan. Pull up three-pointer in and out. And that was very close to three more points. Collision in the UBC key between Clark and... I think that's going to be Connor Morgan picking up the foul. Morgan, yeah, uh, the defensive block away from the ball. Two foul quickly for Connor Morgan, and he'll be substituted out as Dominic, or pardon me, Patrick Simon takes over for him. Simon sporting the stash, uh, maybe for Movember. Brody Clark here for the U of A. Dish off to Gaye, left side on a high. Arkin Kier drop shot misses and goaltending interference calls against the U of A. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be Deneau picking up his first, first personal foul. Uh, a push in the back as UBC was trying to rebound that uh, miss. Dalapur around the screen, set by Morgan into the key, shooting over and he dropped it in. 
that was just pure luck that it went in there. It's uh, There was contact there. He just sort of lofted it up, expecting to get a foul as well. 11 points on the trot from the UBC to open this game. Here's a baseline drive. Kick out pass from Annette on the baseline. That's pierced by Jensen White. Touched out of bounds. Yeah, Jordan just got his hands on the ball, uh, caught it, but uh, unfortunately couldn't keep his feet in bounds and, uh, or get it off to a teammate before going out of bounds. U of A inbound here, and the guy pull up three-point on the left side. That misses offensive rebound by Clarky. Bowls down. Jensen White in the key. That's called on the charging to Clark. Well, that was just a, uh, a shoulder uh, just directly in. I mean, the football team uh, should be taking lessons from that. Well, Brody Clark is sporting almost a shoulder pad considering how much bandaging he's wearing on his left shoulder. And now the U of A bench substitute him out to protect his foul count. Duan Williams takes it over for him. Yeah, two personal fouls for Clark. And uh, he should be a big part of their offense, but uh, not maybe tonight. The ball with Patrick Simon. And now inside on the layup from Wagner misses short. Quickly the U of A hustle the ball up court. The ball at the outside with Williams. And now up top, Ethan Dixon pull up jumper inside the arc. It's too hard. And loose ball, last touched out by the U of A. Yeah, still nothing doing uh, for Alberta there. They can't seem to get themselves uh, uh, a shot to go. Tebas go to work, building on an 11-point run here to start the game. Uh, foul away from the ball, charged defensively to the Alberta here. Alberta picking up a lot of team fouls here. They've got four right now. Uh, next one will put UBC in the bonus. 11-0, the score right here from UBC and the War Memorial Gymnasium. That's in favor of the Thunderbirds. Inbound play to Jalapur. Dishes off to Andrik. And now David Wagner, step back three-pointer. He hits that shooting over the nail. Everything's going for the Thunderbirds. 20-footer by David Wagner. From the left side of the key, is to know, working against Wagner. Now double team, shoots too hard past the rim. Jensen White leads the ball ahead. Working on Dwan Williams, Jensen White into the key, shoots on the rim, drops the shot, draws a foul for the end one as well. Like I tell you, everything seems to be going right for the Thunderbirds right now. Uh, out of control, dribble into the paint, contact, yet the ball still goes. The run of scoring now 16-0 to start this game. Golden Bears are just being shell-shocked in every direction at the moment. Five minutes, two seconds remaining in the first quarter, and that means that Alberta will probably not score until after, well, who knows when they'll score, but uh, at least they've gone scoreless the first five minutes of this ballgame. And that is an unexpected low start of a team that we thought would be a high caliber team on paper to start the conference season. I wonder what the CIS record is. For the slowest start to the game before the first points are scored. To exactly. Probably not within the past several decades. <laughs> Maybe not the recent iteration of FIBA rules, that's for sure. So, Sheldon Pittman substituted in. The Golden Bears try again to break Shout out here. Gaye 
Sheikhan is a key. Right hand key drop gets them on the scoreboard. And finally, with 4:46 remaining in the first quarter, it is Alberta on the uh, on the score sheet. Uh, turnover there as the Thunderbirds. Uh, AJ Holloway, fresh off the bench, sent the pass to Jensen White out of his reach. Alberta coach Barnaby Craddock uh, substituting freely, trying to find some combination that's going to work against the Birds. Colby Jackson starts the next U of A possession here. Mamadou Gaye working against Jensen White. Now double team. Kick out ball to Colby Jackson. Catch and shoot for three. Too short on the rim. Offensive rebound gathered by Pittman. Restarts the U of A possession. Now Gaye trying to get a dribble ahead of Jensen White. Call for traveling. Yeah, nothing working really well for Alberta right now. Uh, that's three turnovers, uh, or rather five turnovers for Alberta. Denton White now rolling off the screen in the left corner as David Wagner has the ball to the left side of the key, working in Deneau. Spin move. Too many, in fact. The lost his pivot foot call for traveling. Uh, yeah, the Arthur Murray Dance Studio was re responsible for most of that, I would think. Yeah, just uh, too many pump fakes spinning on his pivot foot, and eventually he lost his spot on the floor. I think it was 1-1-2, one, one, quick step, 1-1-2, yeah. one, one, quick step. Ballet dancers may recognize that pattern. So off the T-Birds bench, we see a couple players enter for the first time. Luka Zaharievich in at the post forward position and Dominic Gilbert in as a small forward position as well. Sebastian Deneau, one-on-one -on -one against Zaharievich. The baseline kicks out the ball to Anif. Lyndon Anif, step back, a long jump shot for two. Ah, uh, misses short on the rim and loose ball foul contending for the rebound charge against Alberta. Yeah, another foul on Alberta, UBC in the bonus situation as Alberta has committed five fouls. This is a nightmarish start for the Golden Bears. Uh, stifled offensively and into the penalty quite early. Three minutes, 45 still to play. Yeah, three Alberta Golden Bears uh, with two personal fouls. That last one picked up by Sebastian Deneau. That's his uh, second personal foul. Uh, Brody Clark and Williams also have uh, uh, two personal fouls. So the second chance of the free throw for Dominic Gilbert to begin his CIS basketball career in the scoring column. Gilbert, uh, the import from Sydney, Australia, makes good on the second ball to push their Thunderbirds lead up to 16. Colby Jackson drives down the middle of the key, the kickout ball to Pittman, catching two three-pointer, he knocks that down. UBC uh, not able to, uh, to get a, a hand on that ball. Patrick Simon shooting from the top of the arc. That misses too hard. Alberta's last three-pointer was the first one they hit in seven tries. And now shooting another one. This one hit by Colby Jackson. So two in a row. Well, it looks like bombs away for Alberta as they can't seem to get anything going into the paint. They're going to try to loosen things up by hitting some from the outside. They're within 10 now after two trays in consecutive possessions. Andrik, left hand drive into the key, off balance as he collided into Kobe Jackson. Jackson, long lead ball ahead. Open look at the three-pointer from Lyndon Annis. He drops that too. Well, this is a heck of a ch uh, change of events here. Three consecutive three-pointers by Alberta, and uh, we've got a ball game here again. 
14-0 run. Now Matt from Alberta on a 9-0 run. This could be quite the dramatic seesaw battle if this continues. Well, we said at the outset we didn't know what to expect, and I think we've seen uh, a lot of stuff we didn't expect. Yeah, Golden Bears missed his first six of their three-point shots, but have hit the last three in a row to draw within seven. Oh, crazier and crazier. We'll see what happens in the rest of uh, uh, this ball game here. It, uh, we could be in for a, a real roller coaster ride tonight. Uh, I think the Golden Bears would rather not have uh, sacrificed so many fouls so early in this game to two of their starters. Brody Clark and Sebastian Deneau each uh, on two fouls already. And Dewan Williams with two fouls as well. We'll see if that becomes a factor uh, later on in this game. Well, this is going to force UBC to come out and uh, defend a little bit closer uh, around the arc. That will... I think the Golden Bears are hoping that will allow them to uh, to penetrate into the paint and get some easy buckets there, maybe uh, collect a couple of fouls against UBC. So two minutes, 40 left before the quarter break. And the right arc, Jalapur dishes off to Jensen White. Left hand dribbling, Jensen White around the screen, set by Gilbert, his three-pointer misses just short. Golden Bears start the next possession quickly. Shooting very early. Amadou Gaia sinks another three. Four in a row. We've got the quad going here. I think it's counted only as a long two. Gaia may have had his foot on the line. Jensen White into the key on a nice cut pass. Connected from Jalapur. That shot misses. Offensive rebound and putback. Missed by Zaharevich as well. And what was going for the Thunderbirds earlier is not going now as the ball is bouncing out rather than in. Off the left arc with Pittman. Golden Bears scoring on four three-pointers in a row here. Kobe Jackson in with the key. Now off the outside. Another three-pointer launched by Guy. It's too hard off the back heel they're in. And T-Birds takes the rebound from there. They try to build on this possession, leading by five. Jensen White, left side of the arc. Dishes across the top to Jalapur. Left-hand drive around the screen by Zahari. That's pull-up jumper from the free-throw line. Misses wide. Offensive rebound and putback missed by Dominic Gilbert underneath. Second chance, ball ripped out of his hands. A real forest in there as he was surrounded by three Golden Bear defenders. Baseline drive here from Pittman going to the left hand. He draws the foul. I don't know, call it jet lag, call it maybe just a little bit of uh, pregame jitters, but uh, Alberta seems to have... Uh, have found something in the last few minutes here. Maybe it's uh, to the point where, hey, these guys have gotten so far ahead of us. Uh, you know, let's just forget about being nervous or whatever. Let's go out there and just play as if it were a schoolyard game. Yeah, their uh, quick burst of three-point shooting brought them back in contention quickly in this first quarter. And at the free-throw line, awaiting two charity stripe uh, balls from Sheldon Pittman. Well, an 11-point run, 11-0 run for the Alberta Golden Bears as it was 18-2. Now it is 18-13, uh, and we've got uh, a Golden Bear on the line. Pittman is a second-year guard from Calgary, uh, originally played with St. Mary's High School. Second ball from Pittman is good as well. That puts the U of A within three. 
and a 13-0 run now. See what the Beavers can do to snap out of that funk here on this possession. Dalapur. Left-hand drive, and now the dish across to Jensen White. Entry pass into David Wagner. Wagner backing down against Rothhead. Right-hand baby hook, it's too hard. Offensive rebound momentarily in the hand of Jensen White, but he lost control of it. Yeah, UBC just not able to, uh, to get a good shot away as uh, Wagner was just dwarfed. And Wagner is not a, a small guy, believe me, dwarfed by Roughhead. Yeah, that forward matchup is 6'9", Wagner against 7'1", Roughhead. Here's Mamadou Gaia, fadeaway jumper from the left side on the baseline, this is short. 34 seconds left in the first quarter, T-Birds lead by three. Three-pointer here from Jensen Wayne from the left arc and misses short as well. Thunderbirds slump continues. Mamadou Gaia, fast break, lay in, makes it count while Jensen White falls awkwardly trying to defend that layup. He's clutching his left leg in severe distress at the moment. But an absolute perfect pass uh, from, I believe it was, it was it Williams who tossed that pass uh, to uh, uh, Mamadou Gayou? Completely, uh, you know, defended uh, like, uh, uh, like Richard Sherman, but still he was able to uh, receive that pass and take it in for the bucket. Jensen White very gingerly wobbles his way back to the bench. We'll see if he can get some medical attention from the trainer staff as the Thunderbirds can hold their last possession in the first quarter. Leading just by one now. Aliu play into Connor Morgan and goaltending with the ball going in anyway. Charge against the Golden Bears. Yeah, uh, Wagner wide open uh, at the left side of the key. Great pass to, uh, to get to him. Uh, but uh, Rufstead trying to get back, just reach back with a long wingspan and uh, knock that ball before it uh, went into the uh, into the hoop. Six and a half seconds left in the first quarter clock. We'll see if the Golden Bears can make a last-ditch effort to beat the buzzer with the shot. Inbound play into Sheldon Pittman, hustles across half. Shoots on the fly, drains a three right in front of the buzzer. Just a little too soft there as no one really came up to challenge him after he got through the first wave of Thunderbird defenders. Stopped right at the top of the arc and popped. That was the craziest 20 to 20 first quarter I've ever seen, I have to admit. Th this is amazing, you know, uh, 18 to two run to finish this quarter by Alberta. When it began, a 14 nothing run on the Thunderbird side. Complete Jekyll and Hyde turnaround in that first quarter. I don't know. I, is it possible the teams just swapped uniforms when we weren't looking? It's kind of beyond reasoning how the first quarter of a basketball game can start so drastically lopsided one way and suddenly flip end over heel just in a matter of maybe one or two possessions. You saw the Golden Bears hit three consecutive three-pointers that really sparked them back to life. You know, I'll tell you, I, it, it's like watching one of those, uh, you know, series on space, you know, with goblins and whatever uh, things just going completely weird here on the court as the Thunderbirds really came out, just could not do anything wrong and just completely disconcerting Alberta. Uh, but then Alberta came back, 
started taking some uh, three-point attempts. And, well, uh, the story is right on the uh, on the scoreboard there, 20 to 20 tie after UBC had led 18 to two. Just quickly looking at uh, some of these statistics right now. Uh, we have four uh, UBC total rebounds. Uh, they have 11 and uh, 12 for, uh, for Alberta. And um, bench points, eight for uh, the Alberta Golden Bears. Not many for the, uh, the Thunderbirds. Uh, only one, in fact. UBC having the, uh, the better of Alberta uh, inside the paint, rather. Uh, with uh, 10 to 4 uh, uh, margin, but um, a, a very weird first quarter. Yeah, the 3.47 mark of that first quarter was exactly one. The 18 to 2 run flipped end over end. 18 to 2 run for UBC, and then the remaining 3 minutes 47 from there is 18 to 2 run on Alberta's side to give us the 20 to 20 scoreline as we begin the second quarter of play. We have no idea what to expect now. Throw all expectations out the window. Mamadou Gaye at the right arc. Driving in against Andrik. Double team. He kicks out. He finds Ethan Dixon. Trying to dribble around A.J. Holloway. Body contact there will be a defensive foul charge to Holloway. Yeah, Holloway not uh, good on his feet there. Got himself a little bit off of balance. Dixon uh, took advantage of that and threw the foul. Ethan Dixon starts the next Golden Bears possession here. Shot clock down to eight. Mamadou Gaye driving past Andrik on the right hand. High layup off the window too hard. Shot clock sounds by mistake, but Andrik carries on. Makes the lane. Yeah, going coast to coast. Uh, found himself in the lane and then a little scoop off the glass to finish. At the lead-breaking score at 22-20. Sheldon Pittman here for the U of A. Green ball to the top with Ruffhead. Kicks out to Gaye. Step back three-pointer. He drops that. Mamadou Gaye with nine points in this ball game to lead the Golden Bears. That's the first three-pointer three he's hit after two misses. And the three-pointer here from Jalapur short on the rim. Offensive rebound contended for by Patrick Simon. Jump ball called. Possession error with the T-Birds. So they'll stay on this offensive side and look to inbound. Jalapur coming up. Checking back in for the Thunderbirds. Uh, Connor Morgan, he's got two personal fouls. So he picked those up early. Had to go out. But uh, UBC feeling they... They need his presence in the paint here going forward. Cut pass into the key, into Morgan. Misses the easy laying up close, and Golden Bears take the rebound. Ivan Ikomi, fresh off the bench here for the U of A. Brody Clark, one-on-one -on -one against Morgan. The kick-out pass to Ikomi. Driving against Wagner, trying to make the lay-in on the short side. He's blocked from behind. All the way, trying to drive down the right side. The play is whistled down on the foul. Yeah, it's going to be a blocking foul on Alberta as uh, Holloway had a quick first step there to try to get around his defender. 
Dixon picking up the foul for Alberta. The inbound play for Jalapur. He has Morgan close to him. Shoots right off the catch. Short. And rebound brought down by Clark. Morgan continuing to have troubles putting the ball in the hoop. Uh, he had some very unfortunate situations occur uh, in the preseason. They seem to be carrying over into the regular season. Uh, Easton Dixon there just lost control of his dribble all, all on his own with no pressure on him. A bit strange to see a turnover happen so unexpected like that. All right, after the last three-pointer by Mamadou Gaye, the Golden Bears still hauling, hanging on to a one-point lead. Two minutes into the second quarter here. Philip Jalapur has the ball up top with A.J. Holloway. Back to Jalapur. Returning back to Holloway. Redistributes to his left. Three-pointer knocked down by Will Andrick. UBC just uh, rotating the ball, finding Andrick in the far corner outside the arc. Three points. In the key of pump fake and now an easy lay-in after Clark got Andrick off his feet. Oh, someone missed their assignment, but Brody Clark was just wide open, sitting right underneath the hoop. 25 all after that Golden Bear field goal. Lob into the key. Alley-oop for Connor Morgan. Misses the lay-in on the oop part. He has to run back quickly to get back in defensive position. Three More of an alley-oops. Left start from Pittman. Misses short. Jalapur pushing the pace quickly down court. One on two. Shoots off balance. Put back off the miss made by Andrick. Yeah, Andrick hustling down the court. Uh, ball just rolled off the rim right to him. Five state points from Andrick for the T-Birds. Puts them up by two. Fadeaway jump shot from Kobe Jackson from the right side. Friendly roll off the rim and in. Yeah, it took a couple of bounces and dropped through. Seesaw battle continues of 27 all. Andrik, entry pass into wide open. Wagner underneath. And talk about forgetting your uh, defensive assignment there. Wagner completely open inside the paint. No one paying any attention to him. Another tie-breaking field goal there for the Tevers. Go up by two in the right corner. Sheldon Pittman drains another three. I'll tell you, this is uh, a more roller coaster of a game than I even thought we were going to get. So the Golden Bears, after they're missing their first six three-pointers, have hit six of seven since then. That three-pointer gives them the lead at 30-29. Here's a steal. Jackson taking the ball off of Wagner. Drops the bounce pass for a drive. Stallywall, he rolls in the right hand running hook. And things seems to be going uh, right for Alberta right now. Uh, shots dropping in. That's the U of A's biggest lead of the game at three points. Holloway kicks out the ball. Wagner open look at a three-pointer. In and out of the rim. Jalapur contended for the offensive board but couldn't quite control it and in one hand. Yeah, UBC is, uh, has seen their shooting go cold over the last few minutes. The, the shots that had previously uh, been dropping uh, for them that were getting friendly rolls were uh, getting very unfriendly rolls right now as that one uh, sort of swooped in and then swished out. Golden Bears here working on this possession to build on a three-point lead and defensive foul here charged to uh, Taylor Brown is new into the game off the bench. Yeah, Taylor Brown and uh, Jackson just getting themselves tangled up there outside the arc. 
Five minutes, 15 seconds left to play before halftime. Absolute seesaw battle here between the U of A and UBC. Mamadou Gaye shoots a quick pull-up jump shot, too hard off the window. Jalabor racing the ball down court, slips past Jackson, but his layup misses short. Saliwal making a handoff here to Jackson, into the key, trying to shoot the under scoop past Andrik and the putback made by Deneau. Yeah, good positioning there by Deneau as the ball just rolled off of the rim and to him, and he just put it in. Jalapur, the pass into the key. The ball is Simon. Kick-out passes, Jensen White. Three-pointers, an open look. Three bounces and out of the rim. And offensive rebound charged on a foul called uh, Patrick Simon fighting for the loose ball rebound charge of the foul. And just exactly what I've been saying over the last couple of minutes, uh, UBC just does not get any luck with the, uh, the rolls on those shots because that one bounced around a couple of times uh, uh, before coming out. And then the result was a UBC foul. That one is second picked up by uh, Patrick Simon. So the Golden Bears on this possession will try to build on the biggest lead they've had all game, leading by five, 34-29. Colby Jackson trying to get pressure out of the reach of Jalapur. Now double team dishes off to Gaye. Three-pointer from the right arc, in and out of the rim. Jalapur starts the next keeper's possession. The dish to his right for Brown. Left hand dribble off the top. Screen pass to Zaharevich. Cut pass across to Jensen White. Inside dish to Andrik and he fouled on the layup. Yeah, great passing by the Thunderbirds. Finding the open man left side of the basket. Uh, of the basket but uh, Andrik was fouled before he was able to put that shot in. Some clever five-way passing for the T-Birds. Earns them a trip to the free throw line. Andrik takes over as the team's leading scorer on the first free throw ball. Andrik is in his sixth and senior year, his first year after transferring over from Thompson Rivers Wolfpack. Second free throw ball is through to close the Thunderbirds within three. Three minutes, 42 remaining before halftime. Golden Bears go to work on this possession. Jalapur nearly forced a steal, but Jackson regains control of the ball. Returning the ball to Gaye. Drives past Jensen White. Shoots off balance from down the right side. Shot is too hard. Offensive rebound lost out of bounds from Deneau, but I think the T-Birds are the last to touch the ball. Yeah, Ruffs had had a, a good chance at corralling that, but uh, a UBC Thunderbird knocked it out of bounds. So only two seconds remain on the Golden Bears shot clock after their last shot attempt missed the rim. They'll draw up a timeout and in their scrum will try to come up with a quick catch and shoot play off the inbound. Yeah, my, a mere two seconds uh, remaining on the shot clock. So Alberta's gonna have to be quick. You know, if you've got someone like Ruffs head, 
you know, see if you can just loft it into him. Maybe he's right beside the uh, the basket. He should be able to go up higher than the, the Thunderbird defender and then just slam that one down. Or they could just uh, go to another three-point play, uh, shooting them from the perimeter, something they have not shied away from at all in this game. They've tried 15 attempts already, hitting six of them, and uh, 18 of their 34 total points at this moment are coming off of those trays. Six of them, most of them, uh, they started hitting from about midway through the first quarter. That finally snapped them out of a 14-0 uh, run on the wrong side. Well, we'll see what they're going to do here. The shot clock has been readjusted by the officiating crew to reach 14 seconds. I think they finally realized uh, the last shot attempt from Alberta did touch the rim, so that was the correction to the shot clock that will give the Alberta a better chance at a high percentage shot. The inbound plays him. Gaye swing ball across to the right side and entry into the key. Broken up by Zahariyevic getting that ball out of the reach of Ruffhead. Yeah, that's just good defense. I mean, it looked like they had set up a play somehow to get it to Ruffhead near the basket there, but Zahariyevic, uh, you know, doing a great job of denying. Short inbound ball straight into Pittman. Wild shot. Goes back into Roughhead's reach and the putback made by Pittman. Knocked out of uh, Roughhead's hands by a Thunderbird, but right to a Golden Bear. Pittman is now the leading scorer for the Golden Bears with 13 points and overall in the game as well. Denzel White, swing ball to Taylor Brown. And she bounced fast into Zaharevich, misses the ball. Jackson. Dishing off to his right for Pittman. Pump fakes the pass, shoots the three, and he squishes it. Well, this is an eight-point lead, and I think we can safely say that's the biggest lead of the game for uh, for Alberta. It was a uh, high score not too long ago. It seemed like, but the uh, Golden Bears have steadily pulled away. I think the last time it was tied, I think it was 25 apiece. I may be wrong. No, 27, I think. That's how, yeah, 27. And it's been a 12 to 4 Golden Bears getaway since then. Yeah, and Pittman's just come out on fire in this second half, uh, scoring 16 points for, uh, for Alberta. He's done that coming off the bench and given his team a great spark. And something we uh, could not expect considering how poorly the Golden Bears starting five uh, were playing to open the first uh, six and a half minutes in the first quarter. Huge margin in favor of the uh, Alberta Golden Bears in the uh, bench point category. 17 to just a single point, a single bench point for the Thunderbirds. And this is what has really been one of their strengths uh, in the game's uh, it's during the preseason. Yeah, credit Sheldon Pittman for scoring 16 of those 20 off the bench for the U of A. There's a drive toward the key by Andrick. He draws defensive foul against this check. That one is charged to Mamadou Gaye. Inbound ball to Holloway. Kicks back out to Jensen White. Redistributes for Andrick, his three-pointer in and out of the hoop. 
Shots just not dropping for the Thunderbirds right now. It just seems that they're, uh, you know, uh, completely jinxed. I think EBC has missed eight three-pointers in a row after hitting the first three innings. There's a three-pointer from Jackson that misses too hard, and rebound brought down by Holloway. Stutter step, now goes back into the key. A wild shot, trying to shoot over Annett. He gets his own miss. Kicks the ball out to Wagner. Slows down the pace a little bit. Hebert's have eight more seconds on the shot clock to work with. Jensen White, one-on-one -on -one against Pittman. Kicks out the ball. Andrick, open look for three-pointer. In and out, rebound brought down, and put back in by Jensen White. Good hustle, good position by Jordan Jensen White, taking that miss and putting it back. Hebert closed within six. Jackson driving to the left side, now backs away from Jensen White, around the screen by Gaye, now feeds Gaye the ball in the bounce pass. Back outside, and Pittman launches for three, that's too hard off the rim. Rebound brought down by Wagner. Quick in transition, Jensen White to the rim, makes the way in, draw the foul again. UBC getting up the court very, very quickly. Uh, Jensen White outrunning the defenders and getting himself in good position. Fouled as he went in, but still was able to make the shot. Second time he's made a field goal with an and one foul attached. He's uh, still a bit struggling for breath, I think, after he had to be substituted out earlier on a collision. As he was running back to defend a fast break, he fell awkwardly to the floor. And since returning from the bench after being looked at by the medical staff, we'll see if he's regathered his focus here. So the and one free throw, he makes a count to draw his team within three. UBC coming back from what was an eight point deficit. One minute, 15 to go before halftime. Colby Jackson shoots a pull up jumper for three. That misses short on two bounces out of the hoop. AJ Holloway dishes off to Gilbert. Dominic Gilbert around the screen of Wagner and now Jensen White from the right arc. Benson White working against Ikomi. Into the lane, dropped in a right-handed death finger roll. Yeah, that was just a great move by uh, Jordan going through the paint there. Uh, Simon came out, gave him a little bit of a screen to work around. He got through and passed the defense. Jensen White up to 12 points in this game, closing the T-Birds within one. Dolly Wall, three-pointer from the top of the arc. That misses short, and the loose ball into the bench. Very flat shot from Dollywell, no chance of going in. Thunderbirds have a chance to take the lead as they've got the possession back down one. They can just about hold for the last possession to end the second quarter. Uh, four seconds will be remaining at the end of the UBC shot clock if they decide to use all of it. We'll see what the home team has drawn up for Potentially their last possession of the second quarter. A.J. Holloway starts the possession here. You can see his teammates make some motion ahead of him. The pass into Andrik is intercepted easily by Aneth. Return pass Pittman back to Aneth. He makes the layup. Just far too casual. Another turnover right off the inbound play. A layup missed on the right side by Ethan Dixon and the Thunderbirds really let that first half get run and get away from them as the Golden Bears somehow 
come away with a three-point lead after a wild first 20 minutes of play. Just far too casual to finish out this half uh, by the Thunderbirds. Uh, a pass inside easily picked off by the Golden Bears. They take it down. They get themselves uh, a basket to increase their lead to uh, uh, 41-38. And then, again, a UBC turnover almost results in another Alberta basket. So, ah, uh, this is crazy. We're going to see what uh, Vern Knopp has to say about this. Uh, he's going to have a look at the statistics first, and he'll be over to join us uh, momentarily. But just looking down the statistics right now, uh, Pittman, the high scorer in this game uh, for both teams, uh, leading the Alberta Golden Bears with 16 points. Mabadukaya uh, with 9, 5 for Jackson. On the Thunderbirds side, it's Jordan Jensen-White with 12 points and uh, Andrek with uh, nine points. Okay, that was uh, what I would call a real wild first half, Vernon. Uh, yeah, a little uh, t a tale of uh, two different runs. Um, Let me ask you this. <laughs> is it, was there a switch of jerseys midway through that first half? No, I think what, uh, honestly, to be honest, what happened was uh, I think uh, Jordan White going uh, got hurt down the baseline and uh, had to sit for uh, probably missed a good five minutes um, six minutes to be exact I think that uh, that really hurt us uh, I think we lost our composure there a little bit defensively it seemed like everything he was doing a good job on uh, on guy um, and then when he left it seemed like when we had Connor on the bench with two fouls two early fouls I thought we just lost our composure defensively had a few miscues and we did a terrible job getting back on defense yeah well everything seems to be going right for your guys because uh, uh, you know, shots uh, which were off balance uh, as a result of, uh, of fouls were just dribbling in. Yeah. But then everything went completely opposite. Uh, shots would take a couple of bounces on the rim and go out. Uh, it was just like you guys were uh, completely jinxed there. Yeah, I don't know. Not really sure what happened. It's just kind of, I guess, the basketball gods uh, decided to change it up on us. But uh, oh, honestly, it was just our fault. Uh, you know, we came out, we, we made the extra pass, uh, and guys were looking to finish, being aggressive, finishing, going to the hoop. Suddenly, we, we uh, you know, we kind of settled for outside jumpers. Not really that many threes, but uh, just a lot of, you know, 17, 18 footers when we, we could have, uh, we were having success tying the ball inside. And then our post, uh, David Wagner in particular, had chances, beat him on one or two moves, but then try to make a third move and kind of just, just overthinking it too much instead of just playing, uh, letting his instincts take over. Well, what was a strength for the Thunderbirds uh, in the preseason was your bench scoring. Now it's been completely turned around as it's uh, a 20 to 1 uh, margin in favor of Alberta. Yeah, no, you know, that was part of, uh, I guess that was, that was kind of when they made their run. We had a few guys off the bench. Um, don't really have an explanation for it, but, you know, you got to give Alberta credit because uh, their bench guys came in, and while, while the, their stars were struggling, their bench guys did a good job of, uh, like you said, contributing and giving, uh, getting them 20 points off the bench. So it's, uh, you know, you gotta, sometimes you got to give credit. Okay, so uh, what's Kevin Hansen telling the, the guys in the locker room right now and please keep it clean yeah well just you know honestly it's just defense transition right now it will hurt us um you can't let you can't let what, ha what happens on the offensive end missing shots or turning the ball over you can't let let affect that you uh, let that affect you getting back on defense and then when we did get the uh, get back on defense we had two guys checking one leaving a guy wide open in three or, or the one time the guy was right under the hoop for an easy layup um it's just losing you know not losing your composure staying focused on the defensive end at all times Okay, Vern, thanks very much. Uh, hopefully the second half you can uh, right the ship here. Sounds good, thanks. Okay, thanks. Vern Knopf 
assistant coach with the UBC Thunderbird men's basketball team right now find themselves astonishingly uh, down by three, 41 to 38 after starting the first uh, uh, part of this game, the first quarter, on an 18 to two run. All right, a wild first 20 minutes of this game between the Golden Bears and the T-Bears in basketball action on Canada West Conference opening night in week one. We'll pause for a halftime break of just uh, under 10 minutes time before resuming for the start of the third quarter. They're tuned in to live coverage on CanadaWest.tv video streaming and on the radio at 101.9 FM CITR here live from War Memorial Day. Everybody takes part in the Muscle Milk Spring Bag containing Muscle Milk Protein Drink, a Muscle Milk Towel, and Blueprint Club Passes. And do we have a winner down at the West End? Okay. Are you looking for a volunteer opportunity that fits your schedule? Being a big sister takes less time than you think, and you can choose the volunteer opportunity that fits your life. Spend just one hour a week as a study buddy, tutor, or two hours a week as a big sister. Check out the various mentoring programs at Big Sisters of BC Lower Mainland and find a volunteer position and a little sister that will suit you to a T. Visit bigsisters.bc.ca for more information today. Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gives you all kinds of deals with our friends on Main Street, including 10% off at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Red Cat Records, Woo Vintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. Three women, dressed in lingerie, were hanging from the ceiling on meat hooks. In an adjacent room, a man was in bed with two deceased females, also wearing lingerie. He positioned their arms in a sexy embrace. Down the Paul, a man holding a chainsaw, stood over the motionless body of a sixth woman lying on a table covered in plastic. These are scenes from a popular music video by a Grammy Award-winning artist. If we want violence against women to stop, 
shouldn't we stop treating it like entertainment? Join the conversation at hashtag not okay. There's plenty of high-profile sports games this weekend on CITR 101.9 FM. Both basketball teams face off against the University of Alberta Golden Bears in the War Memorial Gym on Friday, November 6th, with the women's at 6 p.m. and the men's at 8 p.m. The Thunderbird football team will play in the Canada West semifinals against the University of Manitoba Bisons at the Thunderbird Stadium, 12 noon on Saturday, November 7th. And then after, the volleyball teams will go head-to-head against the Calgary Dinos at the historic War Memorial Gym. The women's at 1 p.m. and the men's at 2.30 p.m. Catch all of the action on CITR 101.9 FM. As one poor soul tries to find something good to enjoy on the radio. Let's see here. Stop. Uh... Everybody dance, dance. What, you don't like to dance? Everybody dance. Ugh. Everybody. God, this is awful. Well, I climbed up the mountain, climbed back down again for you. I climbed up the mountain again for you, and then I climbed back down, climbed up. Isn't there anything, 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 anything? Listening to the radio these days can be distressing. Fortunately, here at CITR, our programmers choose the music that they play, so our charts reflect what people actually listen to. To find out what's really topping the charts, pick up a copy of Beatroot or Discorder magazine, or check us out online at citr.ca. Unless, of course, you'd rather keep listening to the chart-topping single, Everybody Dance. What, you don't like to dance? Everybody dance. Everybody dance. Everybody dance, dance. What, you don't like to dance? Liveband.com is Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. New shows are added daily by the city's most active promoters, musicians, and by the driving force of the music scene, the fans. Liveband.com's listings are different because they are integrated with profiles updated by bands and business owners as they promote upcoming events. Check out the archives to see how closely we've worked within the community to put on the shows you love. Visit LiveMusicVancouver.com for the latest independent and major label event listings. LiveVan.com, Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. Hempology 101 is a student-run organization here to educate the public about the benefits of hemp and cannabis. Fast fact! Hemp is a renewable, sustainable source of food and fiber. Fast fact! Your body contains anandamide, which is part of the same family of substances as THC. To learn more, look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash groups slash Hempology 101 UBC. Or come to one of our great events. And don't forget, legalization through education. Having trouble finding affordable, fresh-baked goods and coffee? Come down to Agora Cafe located in the Macmillan Building at UBC. There's also space available to study. Understand more about fashion. We asked CITR student executive and fashion expert Jonathan Q what fashion means to him. Like it's just aesthetically something that's so ostentatious. Typically, typically. I mean, because of course, I mean, it's also you know, I mean. Uh, when, when you say fashion, I think people are talking explicitly about uh, consumerism as opposed to someone who buys, like, uh, like you know. Let's say someone's going for the 
start of the third quarter between the Thunderbirds and the Golden Bears in this men's basketball matchup. In the first 20 minutes of play, we saw a topsy-turvy turn of momentum 